Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Cool. Within those nine categories, of course, there's multiple ways of being. Oh, wait. 
I have heard of it. A lot of corporations actually use that because they like break down, like like get togethers and like breaking them down. Absolutely. Like, oh, you're number, you're seven, yeah, so you're yeah, probably yeah. My husband X, Y, and Z. My husband did, and then I took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not talking about. A smaller version of it. There's like smaller versions of things you can do with that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Super cool. So Darren does amazing, life-changing work um, with the Enneagram. And then we have um, Molly and Aaron and Nico and Rob, all uh, clinicians, all therapists. And... Uh, they from here? They live all over. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah, so we've got people all over. Um, they find you, or do you find them? A little bit of both. It's mm-hmm. always a sort of spiritual experience where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting overwhelmed yeah. with inquiries we need to add someone to the team and then it's always so random like maybe they see me on social media and they're like hey you probably don't need somebody but do you and then you know we start the interview process great um but essentially i started this so i was a a therapist a regular therapist um totally closeted so imagine trying to you know help people be authentic and love themselves during the day, and I go home and do the opposite. Yeah, I know. But that's not... The, our power, our brains are powerful. They are. So... Um, and so... But we I convince just, ourselves of things, anyway. Yeah, I mean, you might have... It's probably not hard to imagine how depressed I was. I... I... That's... Yeah, I don't know. Because I was... I've been fortunate, and my family is totally cool, and I met out really young, and so... My mind never clicked that way because I didn't have the experience of it around me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have... Were people negative to you? Or just, like, you just grew up in the faith system, and so you hear the things that you hear and see the things that you see, so you're like, oh. You That's know, right. It shuts you down, right? Absolutely. Even subconsciously. You don't even know that you're doing it sometimes. I don't think it's always, like... Absolutely. Yeah. Like, if you were like, okay, so Candace, tell me growing up, what were the negative messages you heard, and from what people, and what did you specifically hear? Right. About being queer. And I would say, I have no idea. I don't know. But I just knew that to be a lesbian was horrible. The worst sin ever. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just knew. And you do. Well, and the stigma is built around it because there are people, unfortunately, that do use the Bible against people for horribly. It's, I mean, that's why wars have started. It's why a lot of wars have started. Like, it's just because everyone has an idea of what faith should be to them. Most of the time, historically speaking, they have not been very nice about it, mm-hmm. and they just kill you, or whatever. <laughs> so, so not nice, and being not nice means they murder they you. They just murder they're, you, and they're yeah. still doing it to this day in 2019 in specific countries, That's you know, true. and... Um, Uganda. Yeah, they have the kill, the kill, kill gay people bill, basically, is what I'm, the, they call it, something like that. It's crazy. Just so you know, a big part of what I do with the podcast as well is that I have a lot of faith conversations because that's the first place people look to, right? Like, when you grow up, even if your family's not super religious or anything, you always go to a church. Yeah. Right? No matter what. You could even not even be that member of that church. You just go to the church at some point. Mm-hmm. Any type of church. And you do something for a faith community. It's just always there. It's ingrained in our society. It's yes. not going anywhere. It's a beautiful thing if you have the people, I'm not going to say the right people, but the right people, I guess, to really guide that journey together and not push away anybody that is uh, quote-unquote different or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we are spiritual beings, I think. Mm-hmm. We um, are. That's... And so there's this, whether you're like, I have a specific name for God, I have a specific yeah. faith name called, you know, maybe Protestant, um, we, there's this searching that searching and searching and searching and searching and i did that searching i went to bible college i went to seminary oh wow you did the whole gambit yes when did you come out so i mean officially everybody officially everybody it was 10 years ago unbelievable yeah and look at this you have a beautiful wife i do and and some kids and uh this gorgeous home picket fence literally (laughs) literally Um, although i will tell everybody that she has all of these um Halloween decorations plus free books and the cutest. <laughs> I love that library. I love that library. That's what like a lot of towns do. They give the free books in the front of the library and a, a, a rainbow flag. So I, it's like heaven for me here. So yeah, everybody knows we're the lesbians in town. So what was like coming out for you? It what was, was it like for you? I'm not talking about anybody else, just you. Yeah, um, I deeply wanted to be close to God. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest thing ever. Yeah. 
And it was so painful to feel that this thing wouldn't go away and it was the very thing that I had been believing that would separate me from God. Right? Yeah, yeah. That just drives so, me crazy a little because it hurts my heart. Yeah. I even got engaged to a man who was a pastor at one point. I tried everything. Oh, you were really going for it. I was going for <laughs> it. Listen, I am a like get the job done girl. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's good. Practical. Yes. I Quote, unquote, built that library with my hands. I will beat this. Very lesbian of you. It is. See, so you I'm just have overalls it. today. Okay? You are. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, and. So I did that for years, right? And it wasn't until I met the person who's now my wife. And um, I thought, oh, God, I'm doing this thing. I'm falling in love with my best friend, which if you are closeted and you are queer at all, um, I have a long list of my best friends that I fell in love with throughout the years. Uh, Yeah, of course. It's horrible. Fall in love with your straight best friend. Classic. Well, they might not be straight, but whatever. True. Got lots of stories. Right, yeah. 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 Um, and so I thought, oh, no, not again. Lo and behold, I had no idea that she was starting to have feelings for me as well. Mm. And Humans um, do that. Yes, humans <laughs> do do that. Shock of all shocks. So then we have this big, dramatic, um, lifetime movie experience, her and I together. Where right. she's just like, you know, do you love me? And I'm like, you don't want to know. And, and, um... Up until that point, I had you been told. Yeah, that's literally what I said. Is that what you said? It's so dramatic. Wow, that is very. That's um, actually kind of amazing. It is. It you is. know, no. Yeah. Well, I'd be like, "What do you mean? I don't want to know." Yeah, I do. I'm right here. Yeah, she was like, "I do want to know." I love it. Um, and I had been told, "Listen, if you ever kiss a woman, um, you will feel so far from God." And I believed that. Of course. And so I was 26 years old, and um. But we end up sharing a kiss. I have my first kiss with a woman after resisting it for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And in a moment, I'm like, oh my God, everyone was wrong. That's right. Yeah, and just the whole like thing, just that is God. Exactly what you did, breathing, like the breath of God, the breath of the divine rushed in. And you're like, what was that? Because it's like the most amazing feeling. Oh my God. Plus, with all the, the idea of... With you struggling through your faith and like all that, that is probably even more of like, oh wow, I don't know what those people are talking about. <laughs> yes, I was like everyone, everyone was wrong. Yeah. And then the instant, completely wrong. It changed. Yeah. And um, I was like, I don't, I need to go back, and I don't know what I'm gonna do with the Bible. I don't know how I'm gonna tell anyone, but me and God, we're good. So then you started that journey of coming out. That's right. And. Uh, Okay, so where you're originally from? Um, San Diego. San Diego. So did that all happen there? It happened in Seattle. Seattle. Oh, it's a good city for it to happen in. It is. It's except very for lesbian. We were, I was in seminary. Okay. So there's okay. that. But there's like so, the thing is, I just people that are listening. There are seminaries, seminaries that do accept queer people in That's this right. world. You just happen to not be in. I don't. I don't know. Well, I apparently students students can be, but at the time staff couldn't. And, uh, Crystal worked for that seminary, so it complicated it. <laughs> awesome. So, you know. so she's a queer, a lesbian, a lesbian? Uh, yes. Yes. And working on that seminary, seminary staff, and then you're a student. I'm a student, yeah. Great. So we're the same age, but we went to school at different times. Right, sure. <clears throat> and um, so we stayed closeted for five years, and it wow. was horrible. I can't, huh. Yeah. At least Seattle, I guess, is big enough to, like, get away from everybody and you can go do your own thing. I don't know. I think it is. I think it's, you know, you're not in a small town. This is a very small town, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just that's the town. It's a little different when you're in a... If you were to be, like, in a conservative, conservative town, and you're trying to hide yourself. Yeah. I mean, so, we were in Seattle, right? But but our community was this small seminary community. And so we just... Our world just, like, slowly shrank, and our who we were, our souls slowly shrank. Yeah. And, um, and then finally... Was it sneaking around fun, though? That is kind of fun. Oh, my gosh. Uh, (laughs) H-O-T. Yeah, so there is that part to it, everybody. That is Uh, kind of that part to it, you know, but there is also... You kind of end up... You know that feeling you get when you just know your stomach's like, oh, God, this is wrong. We need to just tell everybody, or we need to, like... Because you just feel that. It's just... 
like you said, everything's shrinking and shrinking inside, even though you're happy, but you're not because you're really not being your authentic self because yes. you're hiding from everybody. Was she out at all to anybody before you? No, because she had felt totally straight. Huh. So she had never liked a woman before. Okay. She now identified as a lesbian. Um, but when you grow up in these in this environment where it's not an option, you right. don't even really think about it. Um, I mean, some people do, right? But for her, um, and for me, it, I, I was in college when I discovered, like, oh my god, I, I like women. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, we finally, you know, she's like, okay, I th- we, in order for us to come out, um, I need to move. And so we moved to an entirely different state and uh, came out. Um, That's so fascinating. What state? Uh, we moved to Chicago. Okay. This is a great city. Love yeah, it. Yeah. Um, it and a... through that, I you know I I was I was feeling pretty lost because identity. I was a therapist, but then I closed that down. And so through all these years, I just kind of didn't know what I wanted. And then I woke up one morning on my birthday, and I sat up in bed and I said, "Oh my God, I I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to start this online." Counseling thing for LGBTQ people, specializing in faith issues. When did you start it exactly? About seven and a half years ago. Cool. Um, And then I was terrified, so it took me about another seven months to to start. Sure. sure. Right. Um, And there was nothing like it, uh, of course, at the time. People weren't doing online. There's still not that much like it. Yeah. There's not much. I mean, there isn't. There, there is. Like, I'm a Unitarian Universalist, so there's Mm -hmm. tons of it there. But inside of like. The Christian faith, mm-hmm. going to an actual church, opening a book of Bible, there's not much to. There was a year and a half of my life where I just tried to just explore all different types of spirituality, and one of them happened to be Christianity. And I started. I was like full force, right? I went in at it. I had the Bible with my name on it, mm-hmm. text. I had the workbooks. I was like on my knees praying. And there was this, like, whole thing happening with my friends, too. And that's the first time I ever, like, questioned my sexuality. My friend said I can't be gay. Like, someone who I trusted. And then at some point I was like, wow, listen, I am. So, then I shut down God. That was it. I closed everything off. I was like, nope, I don't, I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in anything. I just shut it down for, like, a good, solid, almost ten years yeah. No, no faith. Like, not even spiritual practice. No, like, practices of just nothing. Nothing. Just shut it down. Because um, I was so, like, this is... Because I thought it was bringing me closer to my dad, too, because he came... He also, like, uh, became a born-again Christian at the same time. And oh. my stepmother was, like, baptized in the pool. It was, like, this whole thing. So I was like, this is great. This is a connection. Like, my parents were separated, and I didn't have a connection with my dad. And But it wasn't authentic. It wasn't, like... That, now that I look at it, it wasn't authentic. It was just... I thought that that was the only thing that could bring us together, but that's complete bullshit because the thing that was going to bring us together was me um, forgiving myself and forgiving him and apologizing to him for blaming him for so much. Mm. And that's like a powerful moment. And so, um, and then I started going to Unitarian Universalist Church in 2011, and then God or whomever started to come back into my life in a strong way, I had a great, I have a great mentor named Ian, and that was it, now I'm, now I'm in a place. Why did you start going back? I started going back because I saw, I remember, it showed me the community that I really longed for, like, they're just, people are so cool, and we could have discussions like you and I are having right now, and there was, like, no judgment at, like, all, and someone could have a really strong opinion about something, but there was still no judgment involved in that. Because everyone's a little hot-headed, a lot of my friends, which is totally fine. I love all of them. Um, but, and then my, when I, I met my husband now, then, well, the church was also a brand new church. Mm-hmm. And I, like, was part of that. And it's like, that, those things just started lining up for myself. I went through a really great transformational program, too. And my language started to shift. And I started to... Um, have more confidence and really just started to let things go. I'm a control freak and so it's really hard for me to like I still I still have fun games with that uh, is what I call it but uh, and so it just it's kept lining itself up and like I kept meeting these people and I'm like 
they're all my like they're all of them we're so we're still all really good friends none of us live near each other anymore the church is gone hello i know it's like this whole thing like years later um there's like a uh the group still gets together but they, they took got rid of because the church is a business so they had to get rid of all the business side of it um it was just a learning experience and uh it was great he even left the pastor that my friend Ian left in the middle of his own church and gave it to us. So it was, it was wow. lay led and it was this whole thing and um, so that was all that. But it was beautiful, like and now it's just the uh, the idea of God. Everything I see, I mean, I believe truly believe everything is godly in this world. Mm, me too. I just do like it, and we're doing it together. Like we are the ones that have to do it. So yeah. that's why that's why I talk to organizations like you because. People want to go to a place for help, and then when they go to that place, like you experience, they, and they don't get, and just listen, it's someone's, the people that are trying to, this is what I tell people, and a lot of people have been saying this lately too, it's like, it's that person's business, however, the thing is, if you're 11, and since social media is so big now, like, you can see people being themselves, right? Yeah. Mostly. And on television, <laughs> like in, uh... But you can you get a, it's kind of an idea of that, and there's more books and there's like literature that you can like, and then if you go to the one person that you trust the most, mm -hmm. and they basically turn their back on you, that's why teenagers kill themselves. That's right. Yeah. Well, what usually what happens before they get sort of the back turned on them is this message that, oh well, um, don't worry, we are your community, we love you, we are here for you, and we're gonna show you how to change so that you can have that connection to God and that you can be close to your peers and your friends and your parents, right? Yeah. And so then they start this whole process of help, you know, if you see me air quotes, helping you try to get that out of you. Yeah. And so that's where the damage starts. And then eventually you do come to this moment where you're like, okay, so like you, I guess I'll just either shut the God piece down or shut myself down. Mm -hmm. And so what a lot of young people do, they're like, I can't shut the God piece down. And there's so much shame and trauma from what happened in these relationships, these church relationships, that they do end up ending their lives because there isn't a hope. Mm -hmm. And what you did instead, you're like, I'm going to shut the God piece down and just try to go be me, which is probably how you survived. Yeah, I mean, my mom taught me that. Yeah. That's just it. You know, she taught me, basically it's like, she's like, when you go to school, you just look straight ahead and you go to your class and you get your work done and don't cause trouble. Mm -hmm. And just do that. And you'll be fine. Yeah. And it's true, like, it still holds rain in my life. Like, mm -hmm. I've now been able to see more and more of what's around me, which it sounds funny, but like, not enough people actually see what's around them and, and take that in. And, like, understand and, like, carry an emotion uh, in a way that um, can, like, really, like, truly, like, move things forward in the sense that if someone is really struggling, like, like when you went through all of your, your massive journey, um, uh, taking away the already always thinking mode and just listening to that person and, like, really, like, getting to the bottom line and it's always the same thing which is I just want to be happy and I just want to be loved yeah I want people to see me that's the that's I don't care what country you're in I don't <laughs> care what like planet you're from that's the number one thing people want yeah even if someone tells you that's not the case I'm like but it is because that's how we are born into this world that's right it's very human that's all it is yeah. but it's a hard thing to deal with when you have you like you came up against what you came up against and like I go back to when you said I like when you're like I can't remember someone telling me that gays are bad and this and that but if if uh, you do your research and like you like have Bible quotes that people pull to like get at you mm -hmm. with being your friend and confidant and they're like coming at you in that way even if they don't think they are it's so hurtful yes. And when I started to realize that I was gay, even though I didn't know where those messages came from that um, were telling me it was wrong, part of part of the way I tried to beat it 
was that I did. I found mentors. I found pastors. I found counselors. And I sort of confessed this to them. And I did hear of those specific verses. I did hear from them all of the, you know, horrible debauchery of homosexuality. Um, and Which has nothing to do with 2019. Right. And, by the way, some of the... You can find that in homosexuality, right? You can find people having random sex, unprotected sex. One, straight people do it too. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. It's fun if you want to have fun is with it? that. It is though. Like in right. hindsight, yeah. like but that's their journey and like that's what they're going to go through. Totally no judgment. So one is that it's a human thing. Straight people, queer people, everybody, like both sides do drugs, people drink, people have unprotected sex, all the things. It's all there. Also, some of it is a result of homophobia. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're closeted, but you like the pain of being closeted, the pain of all that shame and the trauma that Christians do to queer community. A result of that, oftentimes, absolutely, is addiction and depression and mm-hmm. anxiety and all yep. that. Yep. And so they point to those things. See, that's why you can see it's wrong because of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's a result of your homophobia mm-hmm. and the fact that you've traumatized all these people. Yeah. So what do you do now? Um, uh, so so now what do you do? Like, what is your, um, where do you go to church? Like, how do you, yeah. like, go about that? Uh, is your wife uh, still pretty heavily involved in all that? Like, what's, the, what's all that? Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, you, we have a couple options. You, you shut it down and you're like, God's not for me. Or you do the other. And, and so a huge part of what I do is say, um, you don't have to call it God. You don't, you don't have to, but I want you to know that... You don't have to shut it down. Um, that's a lie. That you are a spiritual being. Yeah. Um, and that God is absolutely everywhere in your breath and in the trees. And look at where, I mean, look at right here. I mean, like, if you look at your, well, this mountain. Yeah. Where is the mountain there? Where'd it go? It's over there. Um, that's, to me, that's so godly. Like, driving in, like, the beauty of it when I drove through San Diego. And by the way, everyone, I'm in California still. Um, that's just so epic. And then we do what we want with it. Yes. I think that God is in between you and I. Mm-hmm. When I look in your face and I just am like already enjoying you. Yeah. Um, that is God between us. That's it. So we do go to church. Um, my wife always jokes that don't tell people we're Christians. Um, so she gets mad. She's like, why are you telling people we're Christians? I'm like, because we are. She's That's like, stop. Funny. But I think it's because. Stigma. Yeah, absolutely. There's an idea of what a Christian is. There's because yeah. But we, um, when we had kids, we, we actually stayed away from church for probably about um, 10 years also. Okay. And um, we had kids, and and I just was like, you know, I, as cheesy as it sounds, I wanted my kids to, to have a community. I wanted my Because that's the thing you go to. Everyone totally, goes right? to it. That's like the best experience. Of it can course. be the best experience. Yeah, growing up, I had, great, I had a great time in church growing up. And I thought, we live in L.A., it was super easy to find a church for mm-hmm. us. And I was wrong. Oh. Um, it was really hard um, and really painful to call these churches and to say, hey, we're literally seminary-educated. Um, we, like, led missions trips growing up. We are Christians. We'll freaking tithe at your church. Um, and to hear, like, of course you're welcome. But, but... Right. You right. can't become a member. You can't serve. Probably most of the people here will think you're sin- you're in sin, um, and it was devastating. That is mind blowing to me. Right. And they don't even. I'm like, do you hear what you're? Oh god. It, it's like, wow, people, are you reading the Bible? Because this is what Jesus was about. The people on the margin. Not only that, it's like it's so and, funny. That's such a. That's what's. I think out of everything, the most contradict the contradictory that comes out of the whole entire. Thing, all of it, any Bible, right? Is that they take Jesus, this this person who was a person mm-hmm. doing a lot of really good work and had a, and died for it, right? They that because the top people, the man, did not specifically like that, and so they killed him, right? That's that's the gist of it. And then they're doing that to you, right? I'm not it, killing you. I'm being dramatic, but you know what I mean. That's the same thing. Yes. So, While doing it nicely. While yeah. saying. Right. We would love to have you. So it does not make, and not only that, 
the whole thing. It's like, Jesus was Jewish. Yes, Jesus wasn't even a Christian. No, I know. And so this is why I have these discussions, because it's like, if you're going to go there, you better go there historically, because mm -hmm. that's what I know more than anything, and that's what I study, that's what I love. I love theology, like, so much, because there's 600 different versions of mm -hmm. how things started, you know? But it all comes down to the same thing. And everyone wants to be loved, and everyone has that person that stood up for them, and then you're not standing up for me. But that person stood up for all these people back in the day. Yes. Like, everybody. Yes. Even if they were super, super, super sick, or prostitutes, or whatever. Like, they, he just did. That was the whole thing. And I don't, that's why I'm so, I always get, I will always get baffled my entire life when that's here. That's an argument. I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't even make sense. Yeah. And I shut that down. I really do, because it's like, you're hurting a lot of people. Oh, they're devastating lives. Yeah. And calling it Christianity. Yeah. And it's wrong. And I think, I think another human thing that we do is we, we like, we don't like, but we do, we other people, right? It's people are, mm. that are different and it, it's fearful and it's honestly good business um, for a lot of churches. It's, it, it's not good business practice to um, be inclusive. They'll lose a lot of money. It's not, I right? know, I know. It's total... And so even pastors and denominations that would want to be inclusive don't because of, because their doors would not be able to stay open because they would lose money. I'm actually writing a book about it. Oh, um, cool. Little plug. No, uh, what's the book going to be called? Do you have a name yet? I don't have a name. Cool. My first draft is due. We'll December have to come 1st. back and talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is a business. It's so funny. I didn't even that didn't even like really click to me until you said that out of your mouth. I was like, oh, yeah, it's not good for the look. No. So you can't come here. Pastor, I, part of my book, I've been interviewing pastors that have become inclusive, right? Mm -hmm. And not one of them regrets it. No. They said they they feel closer to God, and they're actually doing the ministry, the work that they had wanted to do from day one. But also, <laughs> that's what I know. All people are struggling scared. financially. Of course they are. Yeah. But, and, that's okay. Absolutely. Not one of them would say. Oh man, the struggle financially. Maybe I should. I would want to go back. Nobody says. Because if the people left that establishment, that's their own business, and good luck. Absolutely. Like go go sit in the box that you feel that you need to be inside of because life is scary. It's not. It's like there's. <laughs> yeah, people cannot get out of that box, and we're all guilty of jumping in there because we like complacency. It's like we enjoy the comfort. But I really enjoy <laughs> bringing in what I call the land of the misfit toys and all the work that I do. I mean, I talk to queer youth. I mean, come on. It is yeah. like, and some of these kids have been out since nine, ten years old. Mm. And you know, and you're just like, totally. And I, do you, you know, are my hero. It's like, but it's like, that is, that's what, that's why I started giving my voice. You know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the work. And that will always be the work, no matter what, right? The real Rebecca is a really awesome trans activist. She's 12 years old. Her dad's a pastor at a Lutheran church. Oh. And her mom, Jamie, um, uh, they, if you go to the church, because they live in the house, if you go to the church, it's all like trans rights, LGBT, and like they uh, gender uh, neutral bathrooms. And if someone wants to like learn about uh, her daughter, uh, they have a great book that they give them, and they have a really open discussion in this church. And you're just like, and I, and she's amazing, and she's 12, she came out at 9, and it's like this whole thing, and she spoke in front of 30,000, the 12, Rebecca, in front of 30,000 evangelical uh, Christian folk in Texas. No. And, as, and was the, basically the first openly trans person in that establishment. Okay. But it saved, it like saved, like it, kids came up after, and the parents were like, oh, I see it in you, and, and, uh, so it's, you know. It's the work. And the thing is, too, it's like, we had a conversation. I was like, do you think it's because um, you're white and you look like a girl? She's like, 100%. Yeah. But I'm going to use that, and I'm still going to have this, you know, just going to have these conversations, no matter what. Yeah. That's what all people also fear, because of what's going on in the world right now, specifically America, and like, but you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing with this is like saving lives. It feels weird to say it, but yeah. I know. It's, it feels weird for a lot of people to say it like that, because they're like, I guess, I'm like, but it is, you might not know that 
impact always because there's too many people in the world sometimes to like get that um but it is yeah i mean that's what you're doing i have the little like kudos email thing that i try to put all the positive messages that i get because there's times where i'm exhausted or whatever and to read these emails that just say absolutely like the, that thing like you um you saved my life what like what um, you gave them a voice, you gave them a place to go, um, and little by little, I think, um, there will be more places, not just Unitarian Universalist churches, um, but even in that, there's a conservative side to it that, like, not that they kick off, but, like, it's a very white establishment. It is. Very white. And I talk about color of skin a lot, because it's like, and I really... I make a I make an actual I do the effort to having all every person on my podcast from every piece of the world because the world the podcast is intended for the world. Um, it's been heard in little places and pockets all around. So hopefully when they hear this, it's like someone in the UK or South Africa or New Zealand. They're like, yeah, absolutely, that's me. I hear it. I see it. That's what I want. Um, and we do like we see people all over the world. So literally. We do have someone that we see in our practice from South Africa, so from great. New Zealand, from Turkey. So Isn't that great? It is. That's the work. That's the movement. That's what keeps the world moving. That's the only thing that keeps the world moving. Yeah. And we did it. find a church. So. Oh, yeah. So go back to I that. I mean, there are... Uh, Around here? Yeah. Great. So that was another thing. We have two small kids. We're like, we will not be in the car for more than 20 minutes because if you have kids, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's 15, 10, 15 minutes away, and it's... 100% inclusive, affirming one of our pastors is a lesbian. Perfect. Um, and their biggest thing is, like, the table of God is bigger than we think. Mm-hmm. And let's open this thing up and um, stop taking the Bible literally, but take it seriously. That's it. It's like, you can't, if you were to take it literally, a lot of people would be murdered and dead right now. So, according we to... We couldn't the, wear what we're wearing. No, no, because no. Because you can't... I mean, there's all I these couldn't even drink my coffee. Like, fibers. Yeah, the fibers yeah. are in clothes. There's a great book about that guy that lived living the life of Jesus for one year. Mm. It's a really good book. You should read it. Every, but every day he had to do something. This uh-huh. drove his wife crazy. I, <laughs> like, crazy. I mean, he took it literal. literal. Yeah. Like, clothing. He's like, I can't sleep in the same bed as you. She's like, you're driving me crazy. He's like, I know. I gotta do it. So he did the whole thing, and it's kind of a cool book to read. Yeah, I bet. I think um, Rachel Held Evans, who unfortunately died this last year, she has a similar book, um, but from the female perspective. And oh, God. I think she had to sleep in like her backyard um, in the tent during yeah. she had her period. Yeah, uh, sure. I yeah. believe it. <laughs> from the woman's perspective, and there's not that much in the Bible, but when they bring it up, you're like, oh, my God. Oh. Um, that's so cool. i got to read that book. That's mm-hmm. so neat, the, the female's perspective of it, too. But, yeah, it's a... Uh, and then I go to places like India, and you're like, it's a completely different um, way of getting there. Because, <laughs> like, they didn't even call... So he, the third sex in Hindus... There's a third sex in Hindu, it's the hijra. Um, and hijras are... Um, a lot of them in the country uh, took on prostitution to survive from not dying in the streets. Sure. And they created these houses. Mm. And so someone comes out, they'll often pull someone in to, to bring them into the house, but they dress them as a woman, even though they're not as a woman. So it's like this like really um, interesting um, dichotomy when it comes to coming out now. And now it's not illegal. There's no law against it. They just banned 377, which criminalized homosexuality. Um, that was in place for like, ugh, like hundreds of years. Mm. Um, just now decriminalized it but so they just call, now when we go there they called us the gays from New York and everyone always laughs at that but I'm like but they used to consider us hijra because that's how they saw everybody oh. and I was like oh no no I am not that uh, I love them they're trans and but I'm not trans I'm not gonna take that on that's not my thing that's not who I am uh, but they finally called us that so it's like oh. just that much of just a, like a change of what they call you. Yeah, it's such a big deal mm-hmm. because it just moves everyone together. And I will say, India is a place that really does it together. Like if the law changed, okay, the law changed, so we're literally all gonna do it together. You know, anything that changes, it's just like they don't. 
they really believe in uh, the, like the way of the person that leads them. I know a lot of people do, but they really do. There's like mo- there's uh, uh, sorry, a place to go pray. Um, the temple. A temple everywhere. There's temples everywhere for money, for love, for whatever it is. You can go and pray at a temple like all the time, like just down the street. Yeah. There's gorgeous century-old temples, right? And uh, so it's interesting. Like they, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating. But pride in Mumbai is like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's and then we went to the smaller places, and the, we did one of our workshops. We do a workshop there using movement with flags to self-express yourself instead of talking about it because a lot of them don't want to talk about it yet. Mm-hmm. We did it on the palace grounds, Whoa. in front of the king, and the same family that disbanded him, um, like totally kicked him out, were there in the, and then participated. This queer event in the past. Oh. It was so cool. I was like, okay, so like that holy. It is so holy. That's all it is. You want a holy? You bet. If you ever get to go to India, you will be blown. Your mind, you don't even know what to do with stuff because it's like it's just everywhere in the land. There, it's like there are holy rivers. Like people, someone. Uh, it's interesting. Someone, um, their groundskeeper on where we stayed. So they built. They got to build an LGBT center on the former um, servants' quarters on the palace grounds. The father gifted that to him. It's like, you can have that. And it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it, we're in a, like, country, country, country. Like, there's, like, cotton everywhere. There's gypsies everywhere. There's people just roaming the streets. There's wild dogs. There's panthers. There's monkeys. You're in the country on this, one of the holy rivers. And someone, uh, the, one of the groundskeepers, his mom, grandma died. Her mom died. And they, like, propped her up, burnt her in the river, pushed her down the river, prayed, and did all their, and, like, they had 13 days of, like, they can't do anything, and then, like, um, the guru comes and takes care of them, and I was like, oh, God rest our soul, but it's like, this experience, it's like, you don't get that a lot of places. You have to, like, get in there to get that, and uh, it's holy. It's all of it's holy. Everywhere you go there. You can feel it. You can smell it. You can sense it. It's so old, mm. and you're like, you go to these places, these temples, these, uh, God, it's amazing. But anyways, um... So now what? Now what? Uh, what is your? Um, what do you do now? Like what all your, what all your work and? I mean, you're gonna I mean, writing a book. I'm writing a book. Yeah, which I sort of did this like Instagram video one day. I was so tired of hearing stories about people going to church because the church says all are welcome, and then what do you know? The rug gets pulled out from under you. Yeah. So I made this video. And I posted it, just sort of this rant, like, I can't freaking take this anymore. And, and by the way, if you're a pastor, this is violent and wrong. And, and this publisher saw it, and he's like, I think we need to, I think this should be a book. Um, and I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want to write a book. Uh, but how can I say no to the opportunity um, sure. to put these stories and this message on paper? So I'm writing a book. This last year, we had our first event called Gloriously Queer. Um, Here. Here in LA, uh, 2020, we're gonna have one in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, cool. Um, we're working on it in between now and then, trying to do one um, in Northern California. When are you doing it in Grand Rapids, Michigan? September, I think it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, After a while. Yeah, it's still a while. Okay. Um, so, hoping to do at least one or two before that. What do you do at them? So, essentially, um, like I said earlier, my biggest thing is I, I want people to walk away from these events like with uh, other queer like family. I want you to walk away with phone numbers and people that you can call and, and build a community with. Um, but I also want you to unearth and begin to believe that you are glorious as a queer person. And a big way that we do that is we work through our internalized homophobia and we begin to discover the stories of our lives that have um, gotten in the way of you really believing and knowing that you're glorious. And so it's kind of this combination of kind of deep work. Um, I love deep work. It's yeah. I'm a therapist, so obviously yeah. <laughs> that's kind of me, just who I am in the world. Do you still practice now therapy? Do you yeah, so you? that's, so I'm a therapist. I sit right here, this is my computer stand. And then you put um, a nice ring light on there. I do take sometimes. The <laughs> so, you know, make myself look a little bit. Um, Those are the best thing ever. They are amazing. They drop everything and it's, everything OMG. looks gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I use it all the time. My daughter saw a picture of me with the ring light. And she says, is that you, Mommy? I'm like, oh, that's right. offensive, Dylan. But um, you're like, I get it, but it's offensive. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it, but it's offensive. Um, <laughs> yeah, so funny. 
I'm the founder of the Cushion Closet, but I still see patients. Um, cool. Most of the, you know, that's a big part of what I do is I still meet with people. Um, that's my favorite part of what I do, of course. Getting no, to therapy's great. I love, I t- everyone should do therapy. Yeah. Go talk to um, someone you don't know. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I, um, I've been in, in and out of therapy for so long right now. I actually see a rabbi for spiritual direction. It's beautiful work. That's um, how it should be. Yeah. So, um, we've Is got he a cool rabbi? Like, like, oh. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't see someone who wasn't totally from me. Right, but said. there's the cool rabbis too, people. Remember that. Yeah, he's amazing. Not just the random people so, that are not nice about it. I have my rabbi. Um, <laughs> what else do we do? So we have our individual counseling sessions, coaching, I'm writing my book, Gloriously Queer. What does your wife do? Um, she works with me. Oh, great. So she used to be in um, education, kind of VP of colleges. Cool. And we always dreamed, like, well, what if you joined me? Um, so about six months ago, she did. And um, so she's more of the business side. Got it. It's um, nice. She's also, she could be a clinician because she um, used to be a therapist. So maybe someday she'll do that again. But she gets to um, be there for our babies during the day and help me with the business side. Where are they right now? They're at school. Oh, okay. How old are they? Five. Oh, okay. Yes. Twins? Yep. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what gender? Boy, girl. Cool. That's fun. Do they go to school like right here? Her mm-hmm. kids. That yeah. is like amazing because it's literally right there, isn't it? It is right there. That's great. You wake up, bring them over, come back. We have this amazing life that neither of us ever thought was possible truly. I mean, it for years and years and years and years and years and years, it was like this, why even dream about having a wife and children and a home and this beautiful place, um, it's an impossibility. And I think that's a big reason why I do what I do because I'm like, I know what it's like to feel like it's impossible and it is so possible and there's mm-hmm. so much hope. 100%. So people will ask me, oh, as a therapist, do you, do you get bored? Do you, uh, do you get depressed by all these horrible stories you hear all day? I'm like, oh my gosh, not at all. I get to do such hopeful work. Right. You know, I get to meet with people absolutely in their darkest, most painful, traumatic stories. But we get to move out of that. We get to find healing and then, like, find the hope of um, you loving and accepting yourself. And when you do that, um, your life opens. It does. That's just how it works. Yeah. There's no other way. There really isn't. Once you start to, like, really work on you and get there and, like, deal with it, because you have to deal with you. I have, you know, people that do this, have this idea of, like, going to the next place and getting away from them. Like, yeah, you're never getting away from you, unfortunately. Unless you took off your head and, like, put it somewhere else, or your heart, and, and gave it to somebody else. It's all you, regardless of what's happened in your life. Good, bad, all that in between. Um, you have to deal with it, but you have to do the act, take the actions and work, and, and, and work with it. Yeah. And don't go against it. The thing that me and my husband do now, it's like, so... We, we go through what we go through, whatever, we work for human, we have our ups and downs and, you know, panic moments and freak out moments, which are great, but we start to embrace them instead of, like, making them negative. Yes. And, like, that is a hard shift, because you're like, it sucks, I hate everything, and then we joke about it, like, and, like, we make lots of jokes about it, um, that's, like, our secret language with each other, but we just deal with it. That's right. There's, so there's this kid's book that um, there's this family and they're going on a hike mm-hmm. and um, they reach a like a mucky, muddy field and they're like, you can't go over it, you can't go under it, you gotta go through it. I've read that book. Right? Mm-hmm. And then they go, it's like a snowstorm. The grassy kind of snowstorm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go, I was a preschool teacher. They can't go over it, they can't go under it, you gotta I go through, through it. it. Yeah, yeah. And then all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, at the end of the book, there's a bear, mm-hmm. uh, which hopefully at the end of our life there isn't something like a bear. But... Um, a bear's nice now. Well, that's true. The yeah, bear's yeah, like, the bear's oh, like, He's like, wait, why are you running away from me? Yeah. Sorry to kill the story, kids. No. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't read it, uh, we can now ruin the ending. I've read, read it like a hundred times because I taught preschool, so there you go. I've read it so many times. I was like, this is a book about life. That's all it is. You absolutely can try to go around it, over it, under it, but I'm telling you, you will suffer more. Mm-hmm. And... It will feel like going through it is a bigger suffering, but at the end of the day, it will actually bring about goodness in your life that you have gone through it. And 
you'll be so glad and grateful. And then the next time something happens, you can remember that. Oh yeah, which is exactly probably what you and your husband do. We now know to go through the center mm -hmm. is actually good and it brings about like fruit and goodness in our life. That's it. So you do it again and again, even though it's freaking hell. Yeah, and like you stress and you're like, you go through the typical thing that everybody goes through. I, I don't have any money. I'm doing this. I have to get there. And like, how am I going to do all this? And I'm, But we just do it together. And I, 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 regardless, I tell everybody, I was like, you don't have to be a, a married to that person or whatever, but you have to have that one person that um, can take the language that's really strong for each of you and like do it together and like design together instead of just going to that person and just expecting them to tell you what you want to hear because that's not going to do anything for you. Mm -hmm. That's what we get caught in. We're, we're friends. We have friends like that. Like, we, you just dump on them and then they'll tell you all the things you maybe want to hear and you feel better. But you didn't really do anything. You just, like, dumped it. Mm -hmm. But you got to do more than that. Yeah. So find a therapist. That's it. <laughs> tell everybody. Uh, so we'll wrap it up. Just give some words of wisdom. You've given a lot. But just give some words of wisdom. Um... To my listeners, my viewers. Yeah. Um, so as much as we're saying, like, just go through the center, and um, when you begin to love yourself and accept yourself, your life opens up. It's also true that when you still live at home, um, sometimes you just have to hang on and get through it. Um, because as an adult, we get to, our life gets to open in a different way than when you still live at home. So I think to just um, hang on. I hung on for a lot of years, and um, I'm so glad that I did. The other thing is, um, like you said, to find somebody. Find somebody that affirms you, um, and search like hell for them, because uh, they're there, and we all need them. Thank you so much to Candace, The Christian Closet for letting us chat together. For more information on The Christian Closet, you can visit them on Instagram at The Christian Closet or their website at thechristiancloset.com. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thank you for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen Learn love.